0: Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the mid side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. Well, after months and months of talking, and actually maybe even a year or year and a half, the Dolphins make their selection. Tua Tungavailoa is a Miami Dolphin. And I would say that if he weren't the pick, and the Dolphins ended up going with Justin Herbert, which had been speculated and mocked for a long time, Paul, I think 70% of Dolphins fans would have rioted.
1: I think more would have rioted if the Dolphins selected Justin Herbert than would have rioted if the Dolphins selected Mekhi Beckton. Uh, let's face it. it, it there, there was an overall want for Tua, some at least some of the two of folks would have understood going after a tackle and and the spin you could put there. Outside of like seven people that I think are friends or family of Justin Herbert, there there really weren't that many Dolphin fans that, that wanted Justin Herbert. I know a few of our listeners did, but overall not many folks were high on the whole Herbert factor.
0: I I'm with you. And it just, it wouldn't have made a lot of sense to me because again, I, uh, Justin Herbert has every opportunity to succeed in the NFL, but it, the dolphins had Ryan Tannehill and Chad Henney for 11 straight years thinking that they w- could possibly be that guy. And one commonality with, with them compared to hit to, uh, to, or between Chad Henney and, and Ryan Tannehill and Justin Herbert is, in college, they never quite took that step up, even though they they always had the size and always had the arm.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we, we had, let's be fair, we had, we had a sniff of Matt Moore in the middle, uh, as far as that goes, which our longtime listeners know how I feel about that. So, no, I mean, the upside of Tua here, I, I don't think we have to really hit on his college stats, unless there's one we really want to highlight, because... Let's face it, Dolphins fans are a little bit familiar with everything two has done in college. They've been familiar for for a year and a half, two years now at the very least. And well, I yeah, I go am going
0: to throw some stats out there. Still, uh, the, I figured just, you would just to piss you off. I'm going to do that. Uh, the no, when you look at Tua of this past year, uh, he played and he got hurt in the Mississippi State game. Uh, that was his tenth game on the season. Uh, 180 for uh, 252, completing over 71% of his passes, 33 touchdowns, three interceptions. Granted, played some cupcakes along the way, but still very, very impressive. Not to mention, you know, you've got, you you saw he had two wide receivers, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs drafted in the first round. You should see uh, Devontae Smith, as well as uh, Waddell drafted probably in the first round of the next couple of years. So he certainly did some help too, but from a, a trait standpoint, what, what really makes him special is he can see the blitz very, very quickly, uh, and he can get the ball where it needs to be. And so his accuracy is is fantastic. His anticipation is outstanding. And he, he he's somebody that you can just watch, and, and you know that he feels the game. And that was, again, I hate to bring it back to Justin Herbert, but that was always my biggest deal with Justin Herbert. I don't know if he feels the NFL game.
1: I don't know if he feels the Parcheesi game. It's let's let's <laughs> let's face it. There, all you got to do is threaten to come across the board and make contact, and he's going to just slap his pieces all over the place. Uh, and that that's <laughs> that's been the biggest knock on Herbert. But you know, congratulations to him. He he did go early as well. The Tua thing—it's weird because as good as the numbers are, it's always been about the intangibles with Tua. He's a likable guy. I was on the presser with the Dolphins. One of the first things he said was the first thing he's looking forward to is getting phone numbers for all of his teammates and starting to build his connections with 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 the guys and develop the relationships and dive into the playbook. And that's an awesome thing to hear from a quarterback. You know, I mean, I know it's something that they all say, but. You can kind of read some of these guys' eyes when they when they talk about stuff, and there's nobody that's met Tua or played with Tua that doesn't like Tua. And all of the other prospects that I was on the on the pressers for talked about how they're excited to play with Tua, and that's a charismatic thing that Justin Herbert just didn't have. Uh, let's face it. That's right, and and you know
0: one one thing about Tua as well is that it, it's it's not a matter of whether or not I I hate this conversation about is the guy, well, is he injury prone? Of course he's injury prone. You know, you look at, at, at all the the problems that he had there at, at Alabama. I mean, uh, but that's the, the, the the question I bring it to is now that you know that he's injury prone, are you willing to take the risk? I, I was always willing to because when you're in a situation that the dolphins are in, they had at one point 15 picks in this year's draft. And that, and did they have an extra first, a second, and a sixth next year? That I'm not saying you can just throw throw away the fifth overall pick, but th- there is a little bit of margin for error there. If if the worst happens, and Tua gets hurt again, or that something goes haywire with that hip along the way.
1: Yeah, and Tua to, to epitomizes what we saw to Chris Greer and, and Brian Flores in this draft. And make no mistake, Chris Greer is the GM. He's got Reggie McKenzie, Marvin Allen helping him out. You name it. But at the end of the day, every single pick was a collaborative decision at the end of it between Flores and Greer. Um, you know, and they did a masterful job. And Tua truly epitomizes what they did with almost every single pick in this draft. Value, upside, leadership. Those are the three biggest factors in every single player they went after in this draft. And two has those in spades. Is is there? Two is two is upside's a little different as far as that goes because it's really predicated on the injury-prone aspect. And you know, hopefully, we don't see a sniff of that at the NFL level, and he's free and clear the whole way through, which would be fantastic in my book. But he, you know, we the other factor. I know you brought up the receivers he had in college. He did have a pair of bookend tackles that. You know, Gedrick Wills, we saw go very early in this draft, and I'm 90% sure if Alex Leatherwood had decided to come out this year, he wouldn't have been waiting to hear his name called very long either. So Miami definitely needs to protect him. I know we'll be talking about that in some of our subsequent shows here with what they did and didn't do. But so we need to make sure that two is protected at, at the next level as well, and and hopefully he's able to learn how to mitigate injury risk. Uh, and still be the same player that he is.
0: And it's also shaping up to be a very strong offensive tackle class in 2021 as well. So the Dolphins should be taking those extra first and second round picks and certainly putting them to good use. Um, And and as far as the quarterback room is concerned, what I I, I like how this is shaping up. And this always led to why I wanted to be the number five overall pick. It's because you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick who's coming off uh, a very good season. Uh, I know, I know he's 37 years old um, and he had a, he had a great phenomenal end to the season too, but he's also somebody that can be hit or miss from one year to another. We've seen that with every team he's played for. Josh Rosen remains the backup this year, obviously has the upside, but it, look, if Josh, if Tua it goes on PUP or really doesn't play much in 2020 and f- Fitzpatrick struggles Josh Rosen may get an opportunity to get in there and that would lead to an interesting scenario where say Josh Rosen gets in there and plays well you may be able to turn him around next year when he's 24 years old and possibly flip him for another high pick
1: yeah and, and one of the things I know we're going to talk about in subsequent episodes as well is the upside of some of these players I don't think they're going to be where they need to be until 2021 ish. And because of that fact, the fact that Tua is going to be most likely sitting a lot this year, which is to some fans chagrin, but this is a roster that can do some damage without Tua at this point, you're going to have long-term upside from some of these guys that I think kicks in a little bit better once the 21, 2021 season hits. So it, it's 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 a perfect marriage, and it allowed the Dolphins to do some of the things, knowing that they have growing pains this year, but be ready for Tua when he's ready.
0: And we've got to give a lot of credit here to Chris Greer, too, because what I thought was, was going on um, is, is that he was really trying the entire time to not broadcast the fact that they wanted Tua, and they they weren't putting themselves in a position where where they had to take those draft picks and move up to get him because I, I found it interesting that a couple of months ago that it seemed like the Dolphins' interest in him was waning at a time where he was getting healthier and healthier. And to me, they got in a blinking contest with the Detroit Lions and the New York Giants, and they won that blinking contest. So they were able to then take their other draft picks here and. Uh, not not say okay, you know what the heck with it, we're going to give a first and a third rounder to move up two spots because we want the quarterback that bad. So kudos to Chris Greer in this front office.
1: And, and I'll take that a step further. It's Chris Greer did try to trade up to number one. It's you could read between the lines in, in his press conference about that fact. And and you know the Bengals weren't having it, and he wasn't having the price that they wanted. And it sounds like they had two and Burrow very close to each other based on a numerous amount of factors, not just the on-the-field play. And, you know, once it became clear they were not able to trade up to the Bengals' spot at number one, they started putting these smoke screens all over the place. There was never anything close for the number three pick, but they they had the entire media buying in, believing, not only that they were trying to move up to number three, but they were trying to move up to number three to get an offensive tackle, which precluded anybody from trying to jump them. and. It's they set the stage beautifully to not only not have to give up the draft capital to move up, but to keep other teams from feeling like they had to jump over them to get to two if that's what they wanted to do at like the Chargers or possibly the Jags. You, know, you, have, you have the Jags in a position where they feel like two and they slide to nine. You've got the Chargers in a position where if you're moving up to three for an offensive tackle, they don't have to do anything because the Giants aren't taking him and the Lions wouldn't be taking him at five. So you've basically precluded everything there to set yourself up well to not have to spend the resources and kudos to Greer for that one absolutely
0: and so uh we're going to grade give our initial grades on each one of these picks and we're going to break down each one of them as we uh so make sure to check out our, our all, all of our different channels for that we're even going to break down the long snapper that they took I mean we 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 had, we had to, we're gonna have to dig a little bit deep for that one but so, Paul. Hey, Blake um, was cool.
1: Blake was cool. I like Blake. We got some stuff to talk about with him.
0: Uh, no, I, I, I'm have to uh, rely on you a little bit more on that episode. But uh, um, finally, Paul. Um, so let's. I mean, let's let's be real. I I had two as my third overall player on my board. You did. You did not. So we're going to grade every pick. I'm going to grade it an A on here. Um, so I'm I, I'm not asking you what to grade it. I'm I'm sure you're not going to give it an F or a D. But I'm I'm curious what your grade is too.
1: I actually give it an A minus. Believe it or not, it's I've never, ever hated Tua in this whole process. Uh, it's And I think this is something that could easily morph from an A minus to an A plus. I still have injury concerns, but as we'll talk about through some of this, I have a little bit lesser concerns and <clears throat> hopes and optimism when it comes to it. Because my issues with Tua – as as a dolphin were never about anything on the field they were never about any of the intangibles they were strictly about injury concerns and you know i I think that's a fair statement some people may agree may disagree but at the end of the day if you step back look at it analytically look at the data that you've got right now the concerns are injury related but again it's a brilliant move with a lot of upside and it puts Miami in a good position for the future.
0: Absolutely, and and you never have said that um, you know you would have absolutely hated the pick or anything like that. And it's always been about about the injuries for you, and those are valid. I mean, look, there, there's a long history of players like Sam Bradford, like Jake Locker, who've come in this league who have had injury problems in college, and that's uh, been the same thing at the pro level. But when you have this many draft picks, and Tua falls to you at five. I believe it's worth the risk, and, I, and I'm glad that you you also agree with that. And I'm I, it's just great to see that the you know Miami Dolphins fans really charged up uh, here for this selection. And that's going to do it for our breakdown of Alabama quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, the Dolphins' fifth overall. Oh, pick.
1: I got to correct you there. It's going to do it for our breakdown of Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Tungavailoa. That, let's, did I say let's, Jets? Let's, let's. It's nice to say right now.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. I thought I thought I thought I said New York Jets quarterback too. Okay. okay no, he right. said
1: Alabama. But <clears throat> You're gotcha. you're thinking about you're thinking about Braden Mann when it comes to the New York Jets right now. Oh gosh. Yeah, that was terrible. Heartbreaker.
0: Anywho, uh yeah, that'll do it for a breakdown of Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa from the University of Alabama. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side for the right side, and it must be the Fin side. Fin side. It ain't the left, left side for the right side, right right side. And it must uh, be the Fin. side fans across the land all tuning in To see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do again Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin For 4 dollars each with a digital coupon Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up All with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than 5 miles away Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today Kroger, fresh for everyone